Hi, this is Kalia. And this is Chris. And this is It's, it's a, a Queer, queer thing. thing. On this show, we focus on politics, civil rights, news, and entertainment. And on this show, we have special guests and interviews focusing on issues relevant to the LGBTQ plus community. So let's get to it. Happy Pride all month. Pride all all month. month. All year. I don't know. All the time. Pride yeah, forever. let's do it all year. People have their birthdays at least a month. Some people are probably having their birthdays. The next step will be, it's my birthday all year because people are doing a oh, week yeah. and then a month. So let's do Pride all year. You know, I saw a thing on, I don't even know, Instagram or something the other day. And it said, if your birthday is in June, then congratulations. You're gay now. Just FYI, it's the oh, rule. I love, <laughs> I love that. It's reality. <laughs> so, yes. Happy, happy Pride. Happy June. Happy end of school. Happy beginning of summer. All of those wonderful things. And surprise, we're in your feeds. And if you're thinking, well, this is an early episode. Did I miss something? No, no. In fact, you get bonus stuff this month in Pride. Yeah, so we're uh, all month long in Pride. We have done some uh, interviews with drag performers and drag brunch owner, uh, restaurant owners and, and club owners. Our, our, our point is to highlight drag performers and the trans community because so many people across the country are coming after them. And we want to highlight what's going on, talk to them about the restrictions they're facing and what they're doing to uh, dance around that. Dance around that. I, I saw what you did there. Yes. Oh, Cause... good. I thought I did it. I didn't mean to do it. It just came out. But... <laughs> just like you. You, just, I was, you well, come out yeah, all the I time. Have... <laughs> well, you know what? I did a, uh, when I was at Pride, Fresno Pride this weekend, I talked to Matt, um, who runs the the dance show on, on KFCF. And we were talking about mixing music. And last night I mixed some music. So again, I was listening to it on the way to work and on the way home. So I've got dance music in my head. So dance came out. There you go. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I have to say that I think Ada's interview was wonderful. I just finished editing it to pop into this episode for the feeds. And I'm really glad that Adam slash Ada was our very first interview. It really sets a great tone. I really like this interview and I know I'm just heralding it and you're all about to listen to it anyways. But if you've never heard of Ada Fox, which you might not have, that's fine. We will explain who she is and what she does. But I have to tell you, as somebody who did not know who she was before we started recording, I'm so glad to know now. And she's very easy to find on YouTube. And there's a lot of really cool videos. One thing that makes her really special is that she is a drag performer who sings, actually sings. Actually sings, yeah, sings live and has a wonderful, amazing voice. She's incredibly talented. She can sing like you cannot believe. Um, she was on American Idol and she was on Queen of the Universe, um, which you can stream now on Paramount Plus and stream Queen of the Universe, which is a RuPaul show about drag queens that come up and perform live is coming in for a new season. I just saw a commercial for that. And she uh, has a new gig on America's Got Talent, which the season just started. There's only been one show on so far at the time that we're going to air this. Well, actually, there'll be two. And we haven't seen her yet, but there's eight weeks of auditions, so stay tuned. You might see her. And if you are interested, of course, we'll put this in the show notes, but she is on Spotify, so you can actually go over to Spotify and listen to Ada's beautiful, wonderful voice 
she's got there's a little playlist and everything and at some point we will finish making our spotify playlist <laughs> and um and we'll have to feature her music there what's if we ever get around to it there's just so much to do but without further ado let's just jump right into this interview because it's great it's one of my favorite interviews i think we've ever done so here we go we're so excited today to have uh, the first of what is going to be a great series of wonderful drag performers talking to us. So, I mean, why don't you tell the audience who you are and who you are and what you do? <laughs> hello, hello, beautiful people. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I am Adam Sanders, a.k.a. Ada Vox, the world's best live singing drag diva, American Idol two-time uh, alumni, queen of the universe, uh, runner-up, and upcoming on America's Got Talent season 18, oh, the live hey. singing diva of the world. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, I've I've been advertising it. Just um, I've been advertising and teasing it through this last month. So, fingers crossed, everything goes according to plan. Wow, that's so exciting! <laughs> Congratulations! Yeah, thank absolutely. you. So, tell us, Ada, about how you got on to was America's American Idol the first thing you got on to? Yeah, so I did American Idol way back in. 2012, which is, I guess, 11 years now, uh, was the first time I was on. I was on as me, as Adam Sanders. And then when I was back on, and I believe it was 2018, I uh, was on as Ada Vox, which is where I made my real uh, splash, making it as the first ever drag artist um, that was, you know, fully presenting in drag to make it onto the live voting rounds of American Idol. Wow. What was the choice to go from Adam to Ada for that second round on, on uh, American Idol? Working the industry. Okay. That's all there is to it. Uh, the thing is, you know, you got to have a story. You got to have a look. You got to have an angle. That's how any of this industry, reality, television, that's how all of it works, baby. So all I yeah. did is say, if I go as a cross-dresser, they have no choice but to tell me yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I heard you singing. You're an amazing singer. Thank you. Tell me about is it was that back to your childhood? How did you get into singing? Yeah. So how old am I? I have been a professional singer um for 17 years, 17 going on 18 years since I was about 12 years old. Uh, I've been singing from obviously a very, very young age before that. We kind of grow up with a love of music. I think a lot of us that end up chasing this profession. My mom would sing to me. My grandma would sing to me. I was raised on lots of good music, wearing out Cher CDs and Selena CDs <laughs> and Shania Twain. So it was a, a big variety of anything and everything. Shania Twain, Aretha Franklin, Patti LaBelle, all the, those good mix of everything that you could imagine uh, I was raised on. There was always a love for music. And um, I was able to get started with a nonprofit youth organization called the Network for Young Artists back in my hometown of San Antonio, which is how I um, got some of my first bigger opportunities to be on stage at things like festivals, um, local festivals where I would sing in front of hundreds, sometimes thousands, depending on the stage that we were at of people. And it got me going. Uh, I'd always wanted to be a singer. And those were the opportunities that I was given to kind of put that on a platform. So were you singing as Adam or as Ava at that time? Oh, always as Adam. I was I was only like 12, 13 years old. Okay. Um, when did the I, drag part come into it for you? Ada was born in 2015. So if I, we're coming up on eight years. Actually, June 1st will be Ada's eighth birthday. 
wow happy birthday Ada (laughs) yeah so so Ada's fairly new I've I've been a a singer you know quite a few years before I ever even started with Ada and developing that character but Ada was just born as a means to wiggle my way into the music industry because of how I was always told I wasn't attractive enough I wasn't marketable enough my voice which is um, naturally a little more feminine and I have a very high vocal range and I sing lots of songs by the divas you know I was always just told, eh, it doesn't really work for us. So I had to find a way to um, become the physical embodiment of the diva that was with it. <laughs> so, the, so the drag was an actual concerted effort to break into the business in a different way since you hadn't been successful or you had been judged in certain ways before. Yeah, it, it was a marketing ploy. Yeah, well, good. Good for you. We all do what we got to do. Everybody has a stage. I mean, come on, Lady Gaga, Katy Perry, yeah. Elton John, even. Come on, they all have stage personas. It's, of course. No, no different than that, honey. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things we wanted to talk to you about was, you know, with all the legislation going on across the country and all the restrictions against drag performers and threats against drag performers, are you seeing any of that? Are you traveling around and seeing any of that? What's going on? Yes. So most recently, I did a show out in San Luis Obispo, California. Oh, okay. But there was a church that decided they were going to protest an event that I was a part of there. It was myself and a few of my friends who are drag race legends like Pork Chop, Chad Michaels and Venus Delight. Um, love, love, love them. And they said, protesters, okay, it doesn't seem like anything new to us. Because, you know, at every Pride we headline, there's protesters. Right, right. (laughs) No matter where you go. But the difference this time is they have an entirely different motive. They have an entirely different mindset. Because now it's not just, you know, God hates you. You're not supposed to be this way. Jesus said this. Now it's, you're dangerous. You're touching our children. The This is, it's, it's become politicized and fear mongered more than even just weaponizing religion. Weaponizing religion was just the basis of it. <laughs> and they right, turned it into right. so many other things that are untrue and misinformed. So um, there's a new level of hatred behind the eyes of some of the people that are doing things like these protests and that are showing up to tell us that what we're doing is wrong. There's um, a, a, a new level of fear, I think, instilled in them by extremist media. That's just so scary to see on our end. Do you worry that a place you might perform, you might, you know, find the police there saying, okay, we're going to arrest you now because you're violating morality clause or something like that? Yeah, it's it's a little interesting because what I do is not really, well, it is because they don't differentiate between one drag queen wearing a full coverage gown and another drag queen wearing some lingerie. To them, it's all the right. same thing. Right. But for me, I'm not super worried because I say, go ahead, arrest me. What are you going to tell them I did wrong? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. uh, you know, uh, you know I, I, I saw there you. was a, there was a uh, the Pride organization, a Pride celebration in Florida that is coming up, and they recently decided to make it twenty one and over because they didn't want to have any risk of the authorities. And my thought was, risk the authorities, get yourself arrested, have them come in, and then tell them tell uh, the public what they're charging you with because that might make a difference because people will see it's a real consequence now. Yes, absolutely, and. Uh, people, I think, are kind of blowing off how real of a consequence it's becoming in certain areas of the country. Um, like you just mentioned, people can be arrested just for showing up in drag and being seen by a child. 
And I, I, I personally think it's a little crazy. Uh, I understand some of the arguments that they're making, like, well, this is inappropriate for children. This is that. This is. But the truth is, there's different types of drag performance, just like there's different types of music, just like there's different types of movies. Right. I personally, I think a child can come to my show and leave just fine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't see the problem in me being fully clothed, singing Whitney Houston chart toppers. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, Um, and and giving emotional, powerful ballad performances. (laughs) I, I don't see that as dangerous. I don't think they should see that as dangerous either. I recently posted to my social media, I, at that specific gig in San Luis Obispo, I um, paused before singing my last song because I had a message in my heart. And I said, it's so strange that all I've seen here tonight in front, I think it was like eight or 900 people in a theater. It was, it was a really nice little event. There, I, I want to say that there are people of all ages, but all I saw was joy. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I didn't I don't understand I and I made a point in in my statement to say if they really wanted to learn and see what they're fighting against or what they're trying to speak out against they would have gotten tickets and come into the venue if they believed we were doing something wrong they would have made their way in to get their proof right but they which they care. almost never do yeah no no they don't care enough they want to take whatever images they have in their head and whatever preconceived notions of what it is that we do and how we present and um put that you know and project it onto us and everything that we do and i i am i am standing in a theater in a full-length gown and organza cover-up singing purple rain by prince <laughs> like <laughs> I'm not understanding. And I said, if they came in here and saw the joy that was present in this theater tonight, if they saw the smiles on the faces of everyone, we had people in their 80s and 90s. I believe we had some teenagers in there as well. And I think everyone just enjoyed every moment of everything because it was just quality entertainment from quality world star entertainers. And um, (laughs) I, 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 I I think we all feel that. Adam, I think, you, would you prefer me call you Adam or Ada? You call me whatever your little heart desires. All right, bitch, I'll call you whatever I want. So, no, bitch works I, too. Yeah, yeah. I think that we in the, that's what's shocking to us in the in the LGBTQ plus community is because we've, of course, been to drag show after drag show. And you're right. That's a perfect point. There's so much joy in the room. How could people be upset by this? Can I ask you, and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, are you queer? Uh, I mean... I'm, I'm, I'm always, when they use the word queer, I'm never entirely sure how to answer that. Am I part of the LGBTQIAA2P plus community? Yes. <laughs> yes, okay. That's, <laughs> okay. that's what I was getting to, yeah. Are you family? <laughs> that's the real question here, so yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. I, I find my sexuality interesting because gay is the easiest way to say it, but I consider myself very pansexual. Yeah, yeah. I just like people. And I love energy and I love everyone of everything. And I think that's kind of why we're asking the question is because it, there's so many layers to the LGBTQ plus community and specifically this drag uh, assault that we're facing right now is specific against trans people, which goes to gender and identity and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's people don't understand how this attacking of drag and these bills really does affect trans people in their day-to-day lives yeah it really it's less of an attack on drag queens in the nightclubs and more of an attack on lgbtq individuals like our trans brothers and sisters who present differently than their sex assigned at birth right Right. 
So has this stuff really motivated you, the political things? Are you getting more political? You're going to be on TV again in the in the coming months. Like, is that going to be something that you will talk about when you use your your platform or do you kind of stay out of it? Where do you fall on that? Here's my funny little thing. I'm not afraid to say what I need to say. And for me, it's less about being political and more about people just understanding no matter what angle it's from, whether it's political, whether it's religious, whether it's just a day-to-day understanding of who drag artists are as people. You know, it's not so much about go vote here, go vote this. Do what you want to do as long as you're on the side of somebody who represents your beliefs. It'll say more about you in the long run than anything else. I'm not going to convince you to change, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I can do is educate you. That's it. Mm -hmm. The interesting thing with having uh, these platforms like I've had on American Idol and whatnot, on the television shows, they don't want you to be political. For me, I think that being present as a drag artist who does what I do in a way that I don't think people on the outside can look and say, that's dangerous. This is horrible. I think what I'm doing by being on that platform is political in itself by showing this is what I do. This is what I am. You are not going to criminalize me for this (laughs) because I am just a beautiful part-time woman singing beautiful (laughs) music. And um, there's nothing wrong with what I do, nothing wrong with who I am. Uh, Refocus your anger where it belongs, because I promise you it's not at the LGBTQ community. And I really think that my visibility and the way that I present myself in a professional and well-put-together manner is going to be the most political thing that I can possibly do in the climate we're facing right now. Yeah, and I think that we say this about the LG, I say this all the time about the LGBTQ plus community, the best thing you can do, the most powerful thing you can do is just to be out, just to be present, just to be in exist. the room and, and mm-hmm. exist and let people know we are here. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. I love the sentiment just by being present, by being, it is political is what you said. And I think that that's just lovely. Mm-hmm. Which is something that RuPaul says too, when when she talks about drag, she talks about drag is a rebellious movement just by a male being in drag. That's a rebellion right there. That's how it started and that's how it's powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's, it's funny because it turned into a rebellion because of the way, even way back when, when um, people started doing things like weaponizing religion and politicizing it. It had been around longer than Christianity ever existed. Mm-hmm. People right. people were cross-dressing way before then. <laughs> Jesus was cross-dressing. Exactly. I tell people all the time, I said, Jesus was wearing a floor-length white flowy gown and having the time of his life. Yeah. Uh, but it, it wasn't a problem then. It's The problem is modern. Mm-hmm. It's something that people created. Uh, it's not a problem that ever existed. Yeah, it wasn't a problem when Tony Curtis was doing drag in the movies or Jack <laughs> Lemon or Milton Berle or all these people that have been doing drags for yes. hundreds of years, uh, at least 100 years on in the media. Uh, it wasn't a problem until recently because they're using it, I believe, as a political tool. I don't think they have a problem with it either. They're using it to rally the base so that they can get voters to, you know, restrict us and, and put the voters in their camp. Yeah. Exactly. It's all fear mongering politics. That's all it has become. It's never been a problem until very, very recently. And they're tricking these people who were just unaware into thinking that we came out of nowhere. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I've had people say, well, how is it all of a sudden that there, there's this problem that y'all just came up out of nowhere and started wanting to be accepted and this and this and this. I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> just because you didn't know we were here does not mean that we have not existed. Yeah, we were here. I said, drag has been around since before America was discovered. Drag right. has been around since before the Christianity you're trying to weaponize was discovered. Yeah. The, the religions that uh, praised people that were transgender had um, attributes of both genders were more uh, effeminate males, masculine females, whatever it may be. They were worshiped. There are gods molded after these people that were right. around before Christianity existed and before these religions that they're trying to weaponize were ever even thought of. Exactly. <laughs> say, what exactly is new about this? <laughs> and, <laughs> Yeah, you just wonder if people are clued in at all. How could you possibly think this was new? Even if you just look back to the last 30 or 40 years. Come on, people. We've been here for a long time. Exactly. And I have had, I'm a little notorious for arguing with people online about it. All right. I like but, you but already. But the thing is, I'm less of an arguer, more of an informant. <laughs> I, oh, I will, like that. I will debate back and forth, but with links with information with quotes with articles with Mm -hmm. um you know all of this with evidence and these these are the people that will still respond and say i don't believe it it's not true you're crazy you're mentally ill right i (laughs) do the same thing i always give people links and and i always back it up with information and after a couple of those a lot of the people leave the chat room or leave the social (laughs) media because they don't want to deal with it because they don't want to deal with truth it is something they want to they want a reality to be a certain way but they don't want truth to intrude on it yeah well you can't rationalize somebody out of a position that they didn't use rationality to get to right you know it's exactly yeah. yeah It's an ongoing struggle for sure. For sure. <laughs> the, 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 all we can do is educate them, inform them, leave the information in their hands. What they do with it is on them. Yeah, exactly. So Ada, tell us about some of your favorite songs that you've performed. Ooh, so when I perform, I really enjoy the audience feeling like they can in some way be part of my performance. And uh, for me, that always turns out as performing songs that the audience knows because they can sing along, they can join in at the chorus, they can sing the, the well-known background vocals. And, you know, we have a whole chorus of people in the audience singing, um, just having a great time and feeling like they're one with me as the entertainer and with the music. So a lot of the songs that I lean on, and I've had people say this constantly, you sing the same song for the last <laughs> decade. <laughs> and I said, and honey, and I'm still getting booked. And people are still singing along. <laughs> so I saw you do like, At Last, with, which was just brilliant. And I saw you with uh, Leah Michelle doing Defying Gravity. Yes, yeah. yes. Oh, and you know, gosh, songs yeah. like At Last, people love. Because yeah. a lot of the older generation that comes up to my show says, that was our wedding song. Or that was oh. my parents' <laughs> wedding song. And they have fond memories of it. Songs like If I Ain't Got You by Alicia Keys is another one that's a regular in my set. People love to sing along. I turn out the microphone and everybody knows. Some people want it all. <laughs> yeah. Everybody knows it. And, and the whole, we have the whole place singing along, having a great time. I want to dance with somebody. Whitney Houston. I put out the microphone. Ooh, the whole place. 
dance with somebody. You know, you know that's one of those songs every <laughs> fucking time I hear it on the radio. And I love the song, but it's in my head all day oh. long once I hear it. My daughter, my daughter is 10, and that is her favorite song. And she likes to go into the living room and turn off all the lights and then have this like this little USB strobe thing and her little like flashy light flashlights. And she has her own little mini rave in there for I Want to Dance with Somebody. And it is beyond amazing but it also has been going on for over a year and i'm kind of ready for <laughs> a new favorite song <laughs> she'll get to it and, and, and so you're going to be on america's got talent which i've i've watched that show and i've heard them tell people who come on and sing who do their own compositions um it's probably better if you do a song everybody recognizes just is exactly what you're saying yeah so i don't have too much liberty to discuss specifics. I was going to say, you're not going to give I us will a clue, say, <laughs> But I will say, I did, um, I have successfully auditioned for the show. By successfully, I mean I was there. <laughs> <laughs> I have been auditioning for this show since I was 12 years old. Wow. For season one of the show when it very first started. Uh, so the fact that I'm able to say this announced that I am officially that I have officially auditioned for America's Got Talent at this level really means a lot to me and I think the timing of it is crazy I think the timing is the most important thing because of the climate that we're in right now right exactly mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the representation that I feel like I can bring yeah. as one of those drag artists that one of the many um, representing those of us that aren't dangerous, that just, you know, are good performance artists that love to spread joy and, and have such a passion for what we do. I think that representation is very, very important. And um, America's Got Talent is viewed by 12 to 15 million people. Yes, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, that's an amazingly huge platform to to be political by simply being. And I think that that's, mm -hmm. that's amazing. They would be they would be really dumb to pass up the opportunity to have you on. <laughs> I mean, just from a rating standpoint, it's going to, you know, get people watching and talking and American got talent. It's one of those shows that doesn't have repeat value in the same way that other non-scripted sometimes shows do, because it is definitely a, a live thing. It's one of the few live non-scripted things that matters anymore. And so I think that having someone like you on preaching this message of love and acceptance, it's going to get the water coolers going or i guess the zoom calls because nobody's at the water cooler nobody's anymore. at the water yeah, cooler but, anymore, right? <laughs> but yeah so i i think it's great i i'm i'm excited to watch and ada this is the upcoming season right yes season 18 uh-huh it begins may 30th it'll have <laughs> happened by the time this airs <laughs> the beginning will have happened so that's pretty exciting so tell us a little bit about queen of the universe Ooh, okay so queen of the universe as they say is the first all drag, all singing competition. It is a singing competition that, of course, features drag artists. As of right now, I believe just drag queens. And it's absolutely wonderful. Uh, I had a wonderful time. They treated us very well. I enjoyed it. I felt like I was fully in my element. Uh, where I had been on American Idol previously, I was... I worked my way. Of course, I'm very, very talented. Yes, I know. Um, but I um, worked my way into solidifying my spot by making myself a necessary token, you know, a necessary token character for casting. Mm -hmm. On Queen of the Universe, I was among peers. I wasn't a token. I was just a very talented diva amongst other very talented divas. 
Right. So was that more pressure or less pressure to how did that how did, how was that a, a, like a different experience for you? You know, when I was on Idol, I was on it in the heat of what I call Trump America mm-hmm. in 2018. And um, the pressure was immense because of what I was representing then when I was and when it's also because I was the only one of me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. all of the hate from everyone that for on this mainstream platform, everyone that hated me doing what I did, it was all directed at me. There was no one, nowhere to spread it around. Right. Yeah. Well, Queen of the Universe, it is a more queer oriented program. Right. It was put out by uh, Paramount Plus, who of course also puts out Drag Race All Stars now. Mm-hmm. So it's a platform that's more familiar with our presence. Oh, and people are opting in to watch that specific yeah. thing. Yeah. And yeah. So- they're not they're not just turning on their TVs and right. saying it come up on mainstream television. Right. So um, and I was amongst other people who could, you know, t- take take a brunt of the blame too. Because <laughs> we're all cross dressers. <laughs> right. Um <laughs> so that that was um I, I felt a lot more carefree because on top of one on idol, when we get to the live rounds. And I guess kind of throughout the whole show, I have to worry about catering to that mainstream audience. Mm-hmm. I have, I, I was at a point where I had only been doing Ada for about two and a half or three years at that point. So Ada was fairly fresh. I still wasn't a developed persona, fully developed person artistically. And I was being very careful with a lot of my choices. And then when it got to the live rounds, the American Idol team takes over. You don't get to dress yourself. You don't get to do your own makeup. You don't get to do your own hair. You don't get oh, to wow. do anything. You kind of get to, you know, throw in your own song choices per what's available. But aside from that, there's um, almost no control in presenting the way you want to and showing the world who you really are. You get to see, you get to show the world who the show wants you to be. Wow. <laughs> you know, and when I was on Queen of the Universe... I got to take all of my own clothes. I took all my own hair, did my own makeup, picked my own songs. But um, I had production notes on all of my own perform my stage performances, how I wanted everything to look. And so I felt in control and at home. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think uh, people will find that interesting about American Idol. I don't think a lot of people know that. Yeah, and it's like that with all reality television shows that you see the voice american idol the x factor america's got talent all of those things but it's because of unions that, that's all it is tv unions oh, yeah 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 so what once you make it to the live shows their their unionized team of everything takes over and they do their thing and make you beautiful per the show's you know direction yeah, <laughs> right yeah I'm glad that you're, hopefully you'll have more control, at least some control this next go round. Well, live you know, television. you know what I learned in, in my 17 going on 18 years of being in the professional entertainment industry, after being on Idol the, this 2018 time, I learned how much power I have as a, as an artist and as a contestant on these shows. I learned that there are certain things that I have control over that they don't really want you to know you have control over. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm like, I'm here benefiting your show. And I, as an artist, want to be seen this way. Do what you can to make that happen. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that a lot of us as artists in any industry don't realize that we don't always just have to do what everyone tells us. We have power. We have value. And learning that power and value and the balance between um, 
finding your strength and being a professional, easy to work with diva is a very important thing to master in, in this career. I feel free to not answer this question, but if you can, do you have any backstage, like a good fun story? Ooh. You don't, you don't have to say names, but like any kind of oh, fun, say names, say names. Any of your <laughs> highlight fun stories from either of uh, Queen of the Universe? I always want to say Queen of the Night because uh, that's another Whitney Houston thing, or um, or American Idol. Do you have any stories that you could share with us? You, uh, the the fun thing that and it's not super crazy on American Idol. We we basically lived off of bagels and milk. <laughs> wow. Uh, Maddie Poppy, the one who ended up winning, and I especially, I think we pretty much drank them out of a gallon or two of milk a day. Wow. <laughs> uh, it's not a super fun thing, but you get a, we, we had bagels, flavored cream cheese, milk, and granola bars. That was pretty much our entire diet for while we were there. And what's the schedule? Of, uh, Wait, what, uh, how many hours in a day do you guys do this? Uh, it, it kind of varied. Now you're going to have to excuse me because it's been a while. But there were some days that were like 5 a.m. to 2 a.m. Oh, wow. Some days where it was it felt like a 24-hour call time. Yeah. yeah. Was the dieting or the, the lack of food there, was it? like they were telling you this or were you just too busy to eat or were you like nervous? Like what was the reasoning lived, behind bagels? And we milk? lived I, off of the snacks that they provided us. Okay. And I, and I think it was partially because some of us were just too lazy to get up and go anywhere. So we're tired. We were, I we mean, were held, <laughs> yeah, we, we were kept uh, for the live shows. That's really where this was going on. And um, we were, you know, you'd given fairly early call times and we'd be there all day long because everyone had to rehearse, do their music rehearsals, do their stage rehearsals, get their songs done, blah, blah, blah. So we were there for a while. And during those entire days, yeah, I think our preferred diet was the bagels and milk. Yeah, we, we had some type of a per diem situation. But the thing to remember is while we're out doing this, we can't work. So every little bit of money, sometimes $20, $25 for an entire day would just get sent back home. Mm -hmm. yeah you know that we we have to figure out a way to pay bills and rent while we're away for weeks um sometimes a month or so for filming yeah wow so it, it makes it a little have difficult. a craft table set up for food uh, where you could just go get your food you had to pay i can't believe you had to pay for your food that's crazy yeah that not fun. all the time specifically when there were a lot of us like during hollywood and there were like hundreds of us they would lay out they would have buffets and it would be like free for all, go hungry people. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and I and I would steal the miniature Tabasco sauces. <laughs> I, I don't know if you've ever seen them. They're like bottles, like this yeah. big, tiny little. Yeah. And, and I just would I put them in my little purse, my little backpack or something, and I'd have like a handful just at all times of Tabasco oh. sauce. So that was great. <laughs> so I, ha I have another question for you. Uh, you are a drag performer who sings, but it is not as common in in a lot of circles drag performs a lot of times it's a lot of lip singing king lip syncing lip singing lip lip syncing, <laughs> lip -syncing. Yeah. thank you okay <laughs> sounded funny when i said it but yes that is right so lip syncing do you notice a big difference in the drag performers who sing versus the drag performers who just lip sync and have you ever I, obviously you've been singing since 12 but did you ever do the lip syncing or think about going that route no so I have like uh like you mentioned I've been a professional singer my basically my entire life I've never lip synced 
and I do not ever intend on lip syncing. If I ever do, it'll be just like, you know, the Christina, Beyonce's, the Mariah's, they lip sync to save their voices at their concerts because you're on a world tour, you're performing these big stages, blowing your voice out, blah, blah, blah. But no, I have never in my life lip synced and I am very proud of that. (laughs) (laughs) Do you do club performances? Do you go around and do a, a perform at clubs? Not really. When I first created Ada um, back in San Antonio, I did. I was doing a lot of clubs to pay my dues, as they say, Um, just to be seen and to be heard because they didn't care that I was on American Idol a couple years prior as Adam. Ada was new. (laughs) And but the way I had to fight just to um, try and get into some of these places because they didn't want a singer. Right. You know, it, it wasn't something that they had. But once they had me, they were like, okay, we can make this work. But I never once won a talent competition. Oh my God, I never, really? I, I never went. I was, I was always losing to girls who were lip syncing. Wow. Because it's, it's these talent competitions out there in San Antonio and the bars, actually pretty much everywhere. They're based on audience response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... I, not only was I a new queen, I was also someone doing something that wasn't what they were accustomed to seeing. Yeah. But you better believe I was still out there and I was still being seen. I was performing for free. A good paid show for me when I was starting then, like as Ada, was 40 bucks a gig. Yeah. Wow. I was very lucky if I got a weekend spot for 40 bucks. Yeah, I you was a, I was a, a nightclub DJ for 20 plus years in, in Fresno and, and Tahoe and around. And so I'd, I've done lots of DJ, lots and lots of drag shows. And you're absolutely right. We would occasionally have the drag performer who would sing live. I, we did, had nobody with your kind of talent, but the drag the drag performers that sang live, people don't, they don't want to see it. They want to see the lip sync. They want to see that tra- that traditional stuff. Yeah, yeah, and of course, it's changed now. Um, now that I've been on television and people see what I can do and know what I can do, I, now I get paid very well to tour the country and perform, uh, tour the world, I should say, and perform at all kinds of venues. Um, sometimes I do clubs, nightclubs, and sometimes the sound systems are horrible. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, True. But the people show up just to see me sing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes I do stadiums and people show up to hear me sing. And for me, the idea is that I always do the best that I can in whatever situation, whatever venue, whatever my voice is like after a long travel day to and from, right from another gig, whatever maybe, because there may come a day where people don't want to hear me sing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, you, you know. know. You, you never know when, you're, when your light is going to be done and, you know, and they're moved on to the next thing. Let me ask you this, Ada, because you are an amazing singer. Well, you know, you take the drag and take it out of it. You're an amazing singer. Do you feel that people, they, they love what you do and obviously you're going around and touring and doing this, but do you think they give you a little less credit because you're a drag queen? <laughs> I've had this kind of situation for a while now the music industry takes me it makes light of me in certain situations because i'm a drag artist right and the drag scene makes light of me because i'm a singer oh yeah and and so i'm in this weird kind of catch-22 situation if i take off the drag the drag scene doesn't care about me if i take off the singing the music industry doesn't care about me right 
if I take off the drag and continue to sing, the music industry doesn't care because I'm not marketable to them anymore. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. so it's just kind of uh, I'm 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 in a position that I think is uniquely my own. Mm-hmm. In that, uh, I don't mean this to sound full of myself or anything of that nature, but I am very confident in my skills as a musician and a vocalist. And I have been called the voice of drag. I label myself the world's number one live singing drag diva because I believe I am the best at what I do. And um, I think that that in the long run is what's going to set me apart and offer me the longevity in this industry to continue doing what what I'm doing and to continue building, which is why I'm getting things like these opportunities on three different reality shows in the span of like five years. Yeah. Which is kind of unheard of. You know what I find fascinating, which is what we're just talking about, is that take a, a female performer, take a Whitney Houston or whoever, that looks one way when they get out of bed and then they put on all this makeup to go <laughs> on stage and they sing and they're they're wonderful and they're talented and everyone accepts them. Take a drag performer who looks one way when they get out of bed and they put on the same kind of makeup and outfits and go on stage. And I feel like they don't give you enough credit as a performer simply because you're a man or you're a woman or, and you're putting because you're not the gender specific role they want you to be. Yeah. And that's definitely the way that it is. I think it's pointing out that all that glitters is costume. And I think that people don't like to be reminded of that. We want to think that Whitney Houston walking around her house vacuuming is going to sound the same as she does when she's up on the stage. We like that idea. But when we have drag performers, we know that there is artifice there. And I think that people get uncomfortable with that. Because it's too obvious. Exactly. Exactly. So let me ask you, and I apologize for not knowing, but um, have you ever written your own music? Are you ever? Gonna... Yeah. Okay. I'm so yeah. sorry if I did. Oh, I just... baby, don't apologize. <laughs> don't apologize. And my thing about my career is that I don't expect people to know me, but I'm always flattered and very glad when they do. So I do, in fact, write original music. I have a bunch of original music written, but what a lot of people don't understand is how expensive it is to get it made. Mm-hmm. it co- it can easily cost thousands of dollars just to have one song recorded and put out in, in, a, in a studio um, that's excluding the costs of music videos of distribution of promotions of um, you know the costumes to people don't understand how much it costs to get tracks produced to get the right the bagels, to the bagels themselves in. must cost a lot right <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, and there's so much more that goes into it some people are like well just put out new music put out new music come on why haven't we heard music funny it's a lot more than y'all realize some people really do think that you just kind of show up or record in your house and have a track on the radio right right exactly i've been doing this almost two decades and i'm still working my way into that part of my career but 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 on that note i am (laughs) currently working on a brand new single that i have teased a bit online as well called beautiful self and um, it is a song that I wrote specifically for my baby sister in the world that we're growing up in that's very cruel and dangerous. Um, she's coming of age to where I believe she'll be jumping on things like social media and whatnot soon. And she's been um, she's been not treated kindly by her peers in school and things of that nature. So I wrote this entire song about her experience and my experience and uh, experience that I think a lot of other people are familiar with, especially in the, especially in our community, with feeling less than, 
being just really eh, bogged down by the way people talk to us and about us and um, people telling us that we're not who we're supposed to be or we need to be skinnier, be thicker, be we're too dark skinned, you know, we're too whatever may be. And this song is all about not having to be anything other than your beautiful self, your own, cool. your own beautiful self. So I will be in the studio recording that next week officially. Yay. Huzzah. Huzzah. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. If you, this is our, this is our drag queen drag performer question we're going to ask everybody so no pressure here if you could share the stage with any diva living or dead and and they would at the at whatever point in their career so not like zombie version of elton john or (laughs) but you know what i mean no zombies involved of course you could share the stage who would it be and what would you sing of course one of my all-time favorites um that i i have already had the pleasure of sharing the stage with was patty labelle And I did get to sing with her uh, in the finals of American Idol. And that was absolutely wonderful. Mm -hmm. Um, So if I had to pick someone I haven't had the opportunity to sing with, it would be, uh, gosh, there's so many. I'd want to pick somebody dead because if this is my one chance to bring them back, <laughs> exactly. so, somebody that's still living, I might be able to get them down the line and sing with them. But yeah, I'm gonna you pick... have the power to bring back someone dead. Gosh, if I if if it if it wasn't someone dead, I'd probably say Kelly Clarkson. But if it's someone dead, because I gotta bring them back, I'll sing with Kelly later on. She could wait. Um, but if I had the choice, I'd say either Etta James or Aretha Franklin. I think Aretha and I would have the most fun vocally on stage, yeah. and I would love to sing. Ain't No Way with her, which is one of my signature songs. And um, she's such an inspiration in my vocal styling and music and musicality. All right. Great answer. Well, hopefully Kelly Clarkson, who obviously listens to our podcast. Obviously, um, Kelly, come on. We'll we'll be reaching out to you and um, we'll just take an executive producer credit on the album that will come after that. Yes, please. (laughs) A footnote. Yes. In the show notes. Anyways, Ada, thank you so much for being here. And do you can you want to tell the people all of your social media handles and any of your promotions? Where can the people find you? Go. Yeah, yeah. So everything is really easy to find. I streamlined all of my stuff. Everything is at Ada Vox, just A-D-A-V-O-X, all one word. That goes for my Instagram, my Twitter, my Facebook, my TikTok, um, my Cash App, my Venmo, my PayPal. Everything where you could possibly want to find me is Ada. It's just Ada Vox, that every social media that you can think of. If it's not regular, just at Ada Vox, it's not me. And so Ada yeah. Vox, it's adavoxofficial.com, right? That's is that you also? That sounds correct. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Let's see, I'm, so. I'm wearing my QR code. I shirt. was, y'all, y'all I was wondering. I know this but, is this is you know podcast and audio format, but yeah. yes, literally wearing a, a QR code shirt. That's a I great love idea. it so much. So. People that recognize me, see me out and about, or want to know what it's about, it takes them right to my link tree, which gives them, you know, links to everything they could possibly want. Just eight box it. on everything. Find my performances on YouTube. Follow me on Instagram, all the good stuff. And I'd love to see you all on my journey. It's going to be fun. Yeah, awesome. you won't be disappointed. Ada is incredibly talented. <laughs> Indeed. Thank you. Thank you so much. This was great. What a wonderful first interview for, for our, our drag series. <laughs> Thank y'all so much. And please let me know if there's ever anything else you want you want me to jump on for. I love doing interviews. It makes me happy to talk. And people that want to talk to me are good people. <laughs> oh, you're, on, you're yes. on our list now. And you're a great interview. Definitely. So thank you so much, honey. Thank, thank y'all. 
All right. So that was Ada Vox. And that was a great interview. Kaylee was right. It's one of our best interviews so far, I think. Um, and again, the reason we are highlighting, I mean, it's Pride Month, but the reason we are highlighting specifically drag performers is because, as you all know, across the country, laws and legislations and bills have been introduced and passed that limit uh, drag performances because the people out there, the right wing, are very afraid that we are indoctrinating your children by dressing up as women and performing songs, even if it's songs like Frozen, like they did at the drag event here in, at the Fresno Chaffee Zoo, and other harmless songs that they perform. Um, also, Drag Queen Story Hour, where drag queens give their own time, volunteer to read children's stories to children, you know, dressed up in drag, but again, just like uh, Disney characters are dressed up in drag and perform and uh, welcome children into their community. So it's ridiculous. And we want to make sure we highlight that. Yeah. And on one of our future episodes later this month, we're going to talk in more detail about Fresno, specifically Fresno's pride. And I have a little anecdote about the drag queens and the children that I was uh, chaperoning. So yes, we definitely on this show believe that drag is a beautiful thing, a wonderful artistic expression and is not evil or bad or anything at all and like you heard ada say if you ever go to a drag show all you'll see is just love and joy and acceptance and beauty so and especially with exactly. someone like ada you see and like an, an elevated level of talent i'm not going to say you know like a lot of drag performers are very very talented but ada definitely brings a whole special level with the actual singing so right it's interesting to watch this evolution of drag because um Obviously, as Kalia will probably point out to you at some point during this interview, I am an older generation gay man. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't play kickball? <laughs> Who doesn't play kickball? But I comment on kickball sarcastically, which is one of my new favorite things to do. But I've seen drag for many, many, many years. And it used to be very specifically just, you know, uh, lip sync drag, which is what everybody did. Very rarely did you ever see anyone sing live. But obviously, as we just heard, Ada sings live and is amazingly talented. And a lot of drag queens now are singing live. So the, the art form is transitioning into something else or evolving into more than it was. And we, we herald that. Stay tuned in June. We're going to talk to two drag performers from uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, which is passing all kinds. It's interesting. They're passing all kinds of laws against drag people. And they just actually, a judge in Tennessee avoided one of those laws and we'll talk about that in the future but that story van ness and harry scary from knoxville tennessee we'll be talking to them at some point in the month of june we're also going to have a highlight about cruising in the castro and we're going to talk to local hero peter robertson later this month as well so lots of really cool stuff plus of course our live show which we will tape in a in the next week and we will be talking at that show more specifically about fresno's pride and as of right now, we are in talks of having a very special guest on that show. I don't want to jinx it. So, but um, a local politician might be joining us. So or that's two. very exciting. Or two. Well, fingers crossed. So, <laughs> anyways. If not, Kaylee and I will pretend to be politicians and we'll talk. Oh, there we go. <laughs> it's audio. You'll never know. <laughs> exactly. I can't do voices. Can you do voices? I can do it in an Alexa voice. You can do it. Oh, let me hear the Alexa voice. In Fresno, it's. 68 degrees with cloudy skies. There is an aerial flood advisory for Fresno County from now until June 8th, 12 p.m. 
Oh my God, that's <laughs> fabulous. It's so fabulous. I want to tell you to shut up because I tell my Alexa <laughs> to shut up all the time because she never listens to me. I'm going to start calling you when I have an Alexa command because my Alexa doesn't know. She- that was excellent. You're welcome. <laughs> we all have skills. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Well, this was a great episode. Let's let the people go. And uh, we will talk to you at our next episode. We'll see you next time. Happy Pride. Happy Pride.